So I was thumbing through some old copies of magazines the other day, as you do from time to time, looking over old terrorizers, old metal hammers and stuff. And, you know, those cover pictures, they just leap out at you. And I guess we can all remember a cover feature from a magazine that sticks in our mind. They, they really mean something. They leap out of the page. They have to. These are the caricatures of the metal underground. And it struck me as I was looking at these sort of back episodes that you don't have to be a band or a musician to have an effect in that underground, to help shape it. That actually the person behind the lens, the person making those images, is arguably just as important. But it's not just that. You know these pictures, these images that we see? Well, you probably know the person that took those images as well as the musicians themselves. And that's certainly the case with photographer Esther Segarra, because Esther has taken so many of the most influential and epochal band photo shoots that have graced the covers of these metal magazines and indeed the lineup photos of the albums that we buy, um, that she's probably had a huge influence on you as well. And you mightn't even know that. So this is her podcast, the Metal Insight Podcast, episode 47, with me, Earl Grey. Now, Esther, the reason we're doing this is because Esther is celebrating her career in photography with a new, lushly presented retrospective photo book. It's the size of a, a vinyl. It's great. It's called Ars Umbra, um, and it collects her personal favourite shots. And if you're looking for a great new treat for your heavy metal coffee table, then I couldn't recommend anything better than this. It's great. It's a treat for the eyes. But not just the eyes. A treat for the ears, too, because she's collaborated with percussionist Uno Brunison, um, to make a soundtrack to go with it, a very percussive soundtrack that gets you in the mood for taking in the story of her photography. Now, I've had the pleasure of hanging out with Esther on several occasions over the years, just time spent at gigs and festivals with Terrorizer and stuff like that. But more than that, more than that, I won't lay this on too thick, but I really have had the privilege of having her photos um, beside writing that I've done in the past, which I can't really do. I just can't say how important that is and um, that's a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast in, in the first place. It's it's just a privilege. So enough of that. She's the best and um, I started this podcast by asking her to remember her early days as a snapper and that dreaded three-song rule. What do you mean three songs? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> you know, I was so used to, you know, shooting small places, you know, you, you know, like you could just stay the whole gig taking pictures, you know, and suddenly it was like a pit, there was security, you know, only three songs, and I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, but it turned out all right. Um, well, what's the pressure so, like? You know, uh, people see that rule, you know, we know that rule and we're familiar with it. Um, how much pressure does that put a snapper under uh, to get the right shot in those first three three songs? Well, um, now maybe it's a bit less Um but when I started, I started with film. So, I mean, in a way, basically you had, if you started a new film, um, you had 36 frames, mm. right? So the last thing you wanted to do is to finish the film before the end of the first three songs, because that will mean to stop taking pictures, mm. change the film quickly, and go back to shooting. Mm. You know, and you were guaranteed that at the time where you will be changing film, you know, something will happen right in front of you and you will, will not be able yeah. to take a picture. You yeah. know? So I basically, I became very good at kind of really carefully choosing the shots that you will take. 
and really follow, going into the rhythm of the music so you could almost you know, you, just, you follow the rhythm of the music, but also the rhythm of the person on stage. So mm. you could, it's almost like you could kind of dance with them in a way, you know, so mm. you kind of knew, because if you see the picture, you've missed it. So you have to take the picture just before you see it, you know, so... Well, so are you know, saying that they, the, the, the band that you get into sync or you get into some sort of um, yes, appreciation of the movement of the artist and, and they telegraph to you what they're sort of going to do a split second before... They do it. Yes, it's, 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 a, it's a kind of a thinking process. Yes, you know, sometimes you are kind of out of sync, and sometimes you are totally in tune and totally in sync. You know, I mean that that also happens. But yes, it is. I mean, now with digital, it's different because you can take as many pictures as you want, and you know, and it's not you don't have you know there is no it's not about that thinking. But when I when I started, uh, you know, it was twelve frames, and that was three songs. So that was like an average of twelve frames per song you know and it's not much to be honest um so it was about you know sort of getting into that that yes thinking Mm. with with what was going on on stage um and uh i mean it's kind of um, what i'm really interested sorry have i diverted from what you were asking yeah that's exactly right it was it was more about how you um realized that you could take shots of sufficient sort of brilliance to get into kind of magazine world uh, right right from the start you know uh well i mean uh, because i mean i had trained as a photographer mm. so it was not like oh i really like the music i'll just take a pick up a camera i'm not sure how it works but no. i just try to take some pictures you know i mean i knew technically what the camera could do um i knew you know uh, i was i had a formal training you know photography mm-hmm. training so to speak so i understood my equipment but i also understood lighting mm-hmm. you know so the, the technical basis of it i uh, that i knew um and i had worked uh you know, i had uh, not had and worked actually at the time but um you know i had done some things that you know gave me an understanding of um how you know like difference between printing and web and things like that yeah. even though when I started, was very much at the beginning. Of course. Um, where, you know, it was the big, you know, I remember it, was, it would take me like an hour to send like a five megabyte picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it was very much, you know, and scanning the negatives and, you know, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was very much at, you know, the beginning of digital. Mm-hmm. But I had a, a, a good, a pretty good technical basis for mm-hmm. it. So the rest, I guess, it was just, yeah. I don't know, you well, know, just feeling... I don't know, just just being there and and I mean, it's naturally following to the rhythm of music when yeah. you are surrounded I, by music. You know? th- th- there's there's two things um, I kind of want to uh, nerd out with you a, a bit, and you know, I know photographers will want to nerd out over gear, and and, and don't worry, we will we will do a little bit of that. But there's two things, right? There's live photography, and then there's yes. promo photography, right? Yes. These are the two. These are the bread and butter of your trade, and and there's yes. a different. Um, there's a different genius to each, really. I think a lot of us can understand the genius of a great live photo because we all know what that looks like. But I'll, 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 I'll go through the Machen sequence. So let's talk live for a minute just because that's where we were. Um, something with more and more people having access to really good, you know, digital SLRs and stuff like that, you get people in local scenes that go to gigs and take really quite wonderful uh, photos of, of mm-hmm. live gigs, right? 
but something that always occurs to me was <clears throat> I've been at those gigs and those gigs did not look that good. <laughs> those gigs <laughs> those gigs in real life looked really, you know, people's faces were red. Uh, people's faces were puffy, you know, and, and those photos didn't look that good. So the question that always lingers in my mind is, are photographers, are, are photos kind of hyper real? Or, yes. Are, yeah. I, I, yes, I, I think you can tell. I mean, when I, when, when I, uh, when I started, um, you know, Photoshop was not so widely used. Um, and basically, the live pictures that you see in magazines will be how the camera will, will, will capture them and how film will capture them. And there was a very limited scope of how you will kind of manipulate that. I mean, you could, you know, process the film slightly different, so you will get some bunch of colors and stuff like that. But that, that was kind of rare. And you could, you know, you could see that some of those um, manipulation of colors were mainly used for promo pictures. Um, but I think live pictures were more in line with like a kind of a sense of documentary, you know, documentation of the moment. Mm. So the colors will be left as, I mean, maybe you will use flash, but things will be left to where, you know, kind of the, as they were. I think nowadays there's, you know, live photography has changed a lot in a sense that people, uh, you know, use digital cameras and they have a, you know there's a lot of you know Photoshop and Lightroom and all sorts mm. of programs that allow to change the colors and to change basically the picture quite dramatically. Mm. And to me, it's almost become that live pictures <coughs> have almost crossed over a little bit with what um, sorry with what uh, like promo pictures you know mm. promo mm -hmm. pictures were about, about sort of like conveying an idea conveying the idea of the band the idea of the music creating a world so to speak so and you you know that could be done through can be done through many different ways sort of you know adding lighting using lighting props and stuff like that um when it comes to live pictures you don't have so much control on the circumstances you take the pictures so I believe that the creative creative input from the photographers it, it shows on the post production. Mm. It's just a question of like uh, you know logistics restrictions. You know yeah. that I mean in 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 that case with Mayhem, they just had come out of you know being up out in the woods you know in the cabin recording and start working on the album and all of a sudden the next day they had to be in Oslo taking care of pictures and interviews and, and stuff, you know, and, and, and I think the timing was not really, it wasn't really, you know, it, it was not the best timing to do it, but logistically it had to be done that way. So, you know, there had a, there was no preparation. There was no, you know, there was no nothing. Um, and that happens a lot of times where, yeah. you know, the creative needs are not in line with the, release of an album needs yes you know yeah where you know you have you know questions sometimes of budget of time you know sometimes bands you know if they live in different countries they only together for a few hours yeah yeah and it's like well that's that you know or they are you know sometimes they are together for a day but they just happen that they are together in wherever they're recording mm -hmm. so and they cannot go anywhere and then you have to make it fit within the recording times and you know what I mean it's, 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 
yes, many times it happens that it's, it's far from ideal. I mean, sometimes you've just been given a hotel room. Yeah, and yeah. that's that. <laughs> but can I ask you, yeah. on, on that note, can I ask you a, a difficult question, which might be, has a band or a label ever given you something back and said, you know what, Esther, you know, I'm sorry, but this, this isn't um, this isn't for us, this isn't what we wanted? Mm, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe they thought so, but yeah. they didn't yeah. tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as I remember, no one has ever has said, I mean... There has been shoots that, uh, I mean, that it had to, I mean, there is, uh, there's been some, uh, there's a couple of shoots that actually were kind, it, it was not, I mean, there was a possibility to do it again, mm. and, and, and we did it again, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just because maybe some things of the first shoot didn't quite work. Um, you know, and it was not like, oh no, that's not good, but it was kind of like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, well, maybe we can try to work with that. Um, yeah, but that, 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 that's been, um, yeah, well, I, I suppose... yeah, but that, that, that's been, yes, uh, as because the circumstances that were taken, or maybe the setting, or at board, maybe didn't quite, yes, you know, yes. Uh, yeah. You you you, you yeah. must have uh, you must have seen some mad shoots because you know um, bands need to make a splash they need to do quite uh, uh, vivid things now and again and um, what is the maddest stuff uh, you've been involved in in photo shoots because there's got to have been some fun days out that you've had. Um, well, it's been quite a few. Um, I mean, I mean from breaking into cemeteries to breaking into tunnels to set them to set it on fire <laughs> to climbing a cliff uh, uh names you know, Esther. shooting into you know freezing snow to uh i don't know what else um we need names esther name names names um okay well um Breaking into cemetery, um, that was um, with uh, Ted Mall right. in London. Okay. Um, climbing up a cliff with a smoke machine and stuff, that was with Botain. Um, we also, um, also we, you know, we went across town with you know half naked men covered in blood and torches. Um, in the snow um, to take pictures in a you know like a kind of a freezing area. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and they had thirteen snakes for another shoot as well. <laughs> um, what else? Um, which of course they were very happy to. to it was kind of funny because they were trying to lick the blood, you know. And I was thinking, oh my god, this is going to end really badly, but it didn't. Um, we broke into a tunnel to set it on fire. That was. Um, the Bancolisi fire. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, and did did these make did these experiences? I set up a, a kind of a, a whole like gig thing in a cemetery that was with Electric Wizard. <laughs> right. Um, and did those experiences? Yeah. Did those experiences lead to because they were extreme experiences? Did they lead to great photos? Um. Yeah, I mean. When you are in situations, it kind of, it, you know, you end up sort of like kind of, 
you're letting adrenaline sort of run things a little bit, you know, and yeah. and, and and probably that 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 get, you can see that in the pictures. Or somehow it gets captured and somehow it happens. And you know, it also as you know, you become very alert and you know, normally you know you don't have a lot of time, you know, because of the circumstances. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, and also yeah, trying to shoot um, a bow. Um, on fire. That was with Destroyer Six. Well, that was only with Kid actually from Destroyer Six Six Six. Uh, on a rainy, windy, horrible night, um, in the middle of the forest. That that was also nice. <laughs> <laughs> I I always the thing that always sticks in my mind is the wonderful photo from the wonderful photos uh, from around Bergen by uh, Peter Best and the way he caught those guys. You know, in their black metal gear, just around normal Bergen with grannies walking by outside houses and stuff. Um, what did you think of those photos? And you know, because I, I just think they're timeless. You know. Yeah, I think they're, they're great. I mean, I think you know, it, I think it captured the whole thing very well. And and you know, I, I love his work, and, and I think what he did was was brilliant. And um, yeah, you know, it's 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 it has all the contrast and all the elements of it. So yeah, mm. absolutely. Well, look, that 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 moves us on very nicely to your own um collection. So give us a flavour, because um, people will know your work so, so well um, from, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of covers uh, over the years and, and great photo shots that linger in all of our memories. Um, how did you distill it down to one vinyl-sized book collection? Um, well, through a lot of time, a lot of hours sitting on the computer, a lot of, um, you know, meditating over it. Um, it's, been, it's been difficult, but in somehow... Uh, I can't help but think, um, you know, there's this Michelangelo quote that says that every stone has a, has a shape of a statue, and it is the job of the sculpture to, to reveal that. Mm. I, I don't know if you heard about no, that. No, but that's a fantastic quote. That's a fantastic quote. Yeah, so it's a quote from Michelangelo. So, Michelangelo, so basically he says that, you know, it's somehow... Every, the thing, the, the sculpture is there. You just have to reveal it, so to speak. Yeah. So it, so the process of the book, it felt a little bit like that. I mean, it was kind of looking, uh, you know, through the work and just trying to see what has happened the last fifteen years and kind of what onto it way and what was there and. I mean, I made a bit of a decision whether it was going to be like mainly live pictures mm -hmm. or it was going to be like mainly um, promo pictures. Um, and at the end, I decided to go for the promo pictures mm -hmm. instead of the live pictures. Why? What, what shaped your decision? Um, because it just felt that the... It, it, it just felt more right somehow. I mean, I... And especially, I mean, I started with live pictures and I love live pictures, but I kind of felt that my strength is more on the promo pictures and that there was some, a, a book that needed to happen around the promo pictures. I don't know. It, it was, there is some live pictures there. Um, yeah. There is. So it's, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it, it just seemed to kind of, that it, when I, when I was trying to be honest with myself, I could feel more like being drawn towards 
making a book out of promo pictures rather than out of live pictures, so to speak. And, and who is it that um, we see? Uh, who, who who is the, the, the cream of, of your crop? Who, who made it in? Well, there is about um, kind of, uh, there is nearly a hundred bags in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there is a, there is a, a whole, a long list of bags, actually, and mm-hmm. some a bit, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it goes mainly from black black metal, death metal, and doom. That's mm-hmm. the three main genres yeah. are represented in the book. Uh, but there is some other, you know, on the outskirts of that as well. Um, I mean, you know, if people know my work, I mean, you can expect bands from Rise Above Records. Um, not all of them are metal. Yeah. Not all of them yeah. are doom. You know, some of them are kind of a bit more folky. So some of them are there. Um, there is um, Adam Ann in there. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the, 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 it is, there's mainly those three genres, but there is, I mean, yeah. And then, um, yeah, because the book starts with, the book is very much about a lot about shadow. It's about light and shadow. So it's about duality and, and between light and shadow, about life and death, mm-hmm. but also all about being a sort of a continuum. You know, it's about the snake that eats its own tail. You know, it's all mm-hmm. part of the same, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it kind of starts with like death. You know, I pay homage to Lemmy, yeah. um, Dio. Hanuman, Yon uh, from the section, mm. um, and Salim Lemushi from the Devil's Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of, so it's, you know, so it starts with that, and then um, it carries on with, uh, yeah, nearly 70 bands. Wow. Um, we saw 140 pictures. Wow. Um, and then there is a scrapbook. Um, but there is a bit more of um, so a few few more bits in bits in there, yeah. and it's uh, about a third of the pictures that have the story behind the pictures told by the musicians themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I mean, one of the things that I think uh, people listening could uh, really would benefit them is uh, you know we got a lot of bands and a lot of musicians listening, and I suppose if you could give them a top tip for to just how to approach getting promo stuff done other than standing in front of a brick wall what is the key what is the key realization for a band um i think well i think try to think what elements represent you know like it's about representing your music visually but for me you know so it's try to find elements that they somehow share characteristics with your music, you know. Um, so, yeah, big walls, yeah, you know, fine. But you know, there is other things that you know, other elements that you can find. Maybe you only have a brick wall, so okay, you know, you can use a brick wall. But I think, and I have shot actually many pictures in front of a brick wall. But I would say that one thing is to remember to have your pockets empty of shit right 
because it just you know it just you know like the more bulky things you have in your pockets that just doesn't look good you know what i mean it will just you know your body will be out of shape and stuff mm-hmm. but but i think it's i think it has to do also the way you stand in front of the camera you know it's like it doesn't matter how much you hate the camera it doesn't matter how much you hate having your picture taken is you have to almost forget about that you almost have to think that you're not there to portray yourself that much but more to portray the music your art what you've created so you can't have one arm down by your side while your other arm clasps your elbow (laughs) 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 it doesn't work well maybe you know (laughs) but i think it's just finding you know that, that 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 you know and and I mean, there is a lot of places that, you know, that you can use. And I mean, if you have someone who takes pictures, who takes the pictures that they know a little bit what they're doing, it can also play a lot with light, you know, and they might make things look not as you see them, but just a little bit different um, and more interesting. Um, yeah, but I think it's, it's, it's about, you know, not, if you stand in front of the camera feeling awkward, you will look awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to find a way to forget about how awkward you look, and I mean the photographer might help you to do that, but if it doesn't, then you just have to find you find you have to find it yourself to how to do it because mm. uh, I mean when they say the camera never lies, it means that it will capture any tension like you have in your in your face, and it means so if you you're feeling awkward, it will look awkward. Yeah, and actually, so the best way is to just pretend to the or whatever to to try to not feel awkward i mean it's i know it's easier but um yeah how hard have you had to work with with them um, i mean do do you know you can name names uh, who have you really had to work to bring out of their shell for the right photo um who have i um hmm um, uh, most people uh, a little bit, but uh, I'd say, um, I mean, some bands when they're starting, it kind of, it, you know, you have to work harder with them, you know, just to kind of um, newer bands, so to speak, um, as they, they, you know, they have less experience, but uh, I, I, I'd say... Um, Miss Sugar was actually um, one that was a bit tough, um, especially because it was for decibel and they wanted them to look serious and you know without any any you know like looking silly or anything and it kind of you know so that 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 was. Um, I haven't seen Miss Sugar look serious since about nineteen ninety seven. Exactly, exactly. I and mean, he just does that <laughs> face, you know, where he sticks his eyeballs up and sticks his teeth out. Exactly. So why exactly. what is so that I was told is specifically to not get that? Yeah, but is that like is that like his defense mechanism or something to be silly? Because yeah, yes, exactly. But I mean, I mean, one way of showing that you're nervous is just to be silly, you know. So it's just about working at you know things out that you know yes, you know is. Um, and, and what did the photo yeah. turn out like? What what did the photos of them turn out like? Uh, did did it work? Yes, I mean, several um, were very happy with them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were very, very happy. So, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have, you know, bands that they are hungover, so you have to, you know, handle that. Sometimes I had people, I mean, I did a shoot the other day where they were sick, you know, like, mm-hmm. 
you know so sometimes yeah, you just have to stop and let people be sick and then carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wanted to um, ask you to choose some music that you felt summed you up and and, uh, was inspirational to you. Um, Would you like to introduce the the music you chose? Malfredo, that was Swetain. That's because the first time I worked with Swetain was for the Lola's Darkness album. And that that, that was a bit of a turning point in... um, in you know the way the pictures were received, you know that we did and everything, um, you know a lot of people like actually, yeah, you know, sort of uh, they uh, there's just a lot that happened from those pictures, so to speak. Also, it was a really, I mean, at that point, I wasn't sure how it was going to. I wasn't sure, I mean, I had become a bit delusional, delusion about working with some, you know, with black metal bands, you know, it's, it's, you know, black metal is a label that's thrown around a lot, you know, and a lot of people, they consider themselves black metal or they think of themselves as black metal uh, or whatever, you know, and to me, black metal has to do with a certain energy um, more than just, you know, blast beats and, you know, particular sound. Um, and that energy you don't see in every band that you call themselves black metal but uh so i was a bit like you know well let's just see what happens with botain um i had seen them live um in 2004 and i thought i was very impressed by the energy that i saw on stage but i wasn't sure how that would translate you know with working with them and stuff um also they were a bit I knew they were not too happy about having a professional photographer going along and taking pictures. Mm. So I was a bit like, well, let's just see what happens. But uh, it actually turned out really good. Um, they were really good, really hardworking, really professional to work with. Um, they really cared about the visual side of their music. Um, not that it's, as it is more important, but they, I mean, Eric is, you know, he's a designer, so he's very much into graphics and he, works a lot with images so he had a good understanding of images and yeah so that that you know that it was very it just it was I was in Stockholm for a couple of days and it was just really good a really good you know it you know it they were as dedicated as I was and they will not be afraid to do whatever it will take to get the pictures done So um, right. you you mentioned there actually that big things happened because of those photos, but you didn't you didn't really say what do you, do you mean big things for you or big things for them or big things just. Well, I think it it, it uh, I mean they got a lot of phone calls because of the pictures. Now I know because the PR told me that it was thanks to the pictures that they got a lot of phone calls. Yeah. Um, because of that, also a lot of people. Um, I mean, I know a lot of bands kind of took interest in working with me out of those pictures. Yes. Um, and labels and magazines, they, they just, I don't know, somehow people really liked the pictures and they liked how 
how they were being portrayed in the pictures. So mm. suddenly, you know, a lot of people, many more people notice my work. I think it also, I believe also it kind of the timing it happened as well um, because it was maybe not that long after I had shot Bark Wirkenes. So I think with the two things combined somehow, I don't know, just people thought, oh, well, if she, if she can handle those bands, she can handle anyone yeah, or indeed. something. I don't know. Does working with someone, does shooting a guy like Varg leave a bad taste in your mouth? Because ultimately, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a certain part in selling or helping a guy's career who has, you know, maybe some, you know, well, you know, pretty dodgy uh, past and, and even a dodgy present. Does it ever leave a bad taste in your mouth? Do you have to suspend any kind of um, scruples at any point? Um, when... Um, I went there out of personal curiosity, to be honest. Um, you know, I was given the opportunity to go and work with him. Um, I found him when I was, I mean, I, I had read some of the stuff that he had said, and I have a kind of a bit of a different take as most people do have um, my experience with him was very good um, he he is able to laugh at himself way more than people think I don't think you know I think he has whatever views that probably only really himself knows fully what his views are I think he plays a lot with people's perceptions and people's um, how would you call it um, issues or you know that he likes to challenge people um, preconceived ideas about things um, I don't have to agree with uh, he, I mean his ideas um, I respect his openness I mean, I think there is a lot of people who share, you know, share similar ideas that they just simply don't accept them. Mm. Um, so, I mean, and I mean, it's up to, I went to take there to take a portrait of him. Yeah. You know, and I went to, there to meet the man and take some pictures of him and, you know, portray him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yes, those pictures were used to promote his career, you know, his career or whatever, you know, his album, yes. Um, do, do you think your lens caught the true Varg? Uh, I mean, you were saying he likes to play with people's preconceptions and things and, and he has his own image to present, but do, do you think your lens caught the true him um i think it caught a lot of him mm. um you know i think we we got on quite well mm-hmm. um i mean we joked about killing each other so i guess that went pretty well <laughs> right. okay. um you know so i mean you know and i mean and with that, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, well he did this great or whatever, you know. I mean, I, a life was lost, yeah. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, 
that is serious, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, it, it is what it is. We do what we do. But yeah. it is what it is, yeah. you know. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, I also, I mean, you know, lives get lost all, you know, a lot, you of know. Course. And of course. I mean, I mean, uh, to me, the, the part, you know, there is people who are close to the life, the life lost, that, you know, that for them is personal. I, I have found a lot of people not knowing shit about him, just just having some great fucking opinions about, you know, it, it amazes me how much opinions people have about people that they don't know shit about. Well, it's interesting because... You... What they, they hear or what someone has said or... What you know, I mean, or whatever you know. Yeah. Well, you spoke about so, dissection earlier, and I mean that's a good case in point, isn't it? That people don't really know John Nodbright at all, or didn't know him. Exactly, exactly. So you know, and and it is very. I mean, you know, it is what people say is very, very different what people actually think. You know, we we live in a world where you know you communicate through words, and. Not always what people say is what they really think. You know, sometimes it's to- totally the opposite. You know, it's like, I mean, uh, jump up, you know, people, and also, I mean, people, they're very ju- quickly judge. And I mean, I have my own opinion about him, um, but it is also my own opinion about him in many different aspects. Um, well, the beauty of it is that what you get to do is not use words. You get to simply, ca- well, not simply, you, you get to capture a truth in another medium. Yes, I mean, and, and, and it's up to people to decide what how they relate to the image, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and that's what I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, in a way, for me, I could not let pass the opportunity to go and meet him. Okay, the idea of the sound, the soundtrack is percussion based and the idea it was a bit to go back to the early form of music. So basically combine music and photography. So you have a, you know, is a book, is a music photography book and all the images are there because of the music. So it was about to go back to the very beginning of music. So one of the earliest forms of music is percussion and the idea was that the role of the soundtrack was to create a rhythm but also that it would become a little bit like music is um, especially like percussion is being used in a ritualistic um, situation where and what I mean in a way is the power of music that allows you it takes you somewhere it takes you puts you in a particular mindset without your permission yeah you know so it has so it is as has a bit of that role so basically it's about putting the soundtrack on and it's about navigating the book while you know sort of and allowing the music to just you know take you take you through the journey so to speak it sort of accesses and um it allows you to access a, a bit of you that you don't even know you're accessing exactly Exactly, and that kind of alters the, 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 the experience of, you know, you, you, when, when you enter into another state, you experience things in a different way as well. So, um, yeah, so, and, 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 you know, the soundtrack itself is a journey as well, so. Um, and who did it? Um, it was done by Uno Brunison, 
I was uh, the drummer for In Solitude, X in Solitude, mm-hmm. X Grave, Grave Pleasures. Now he's with Death Alley. Oh yeah. And he's a is 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 a is a is a great percussionist. He understands drums and rhythm and percussion uh, in, a, in a very great way. So so it's not uh, yeah. I mean he yeah. So mm-hmm. he, he he was the one who did it. Look, I'm I'm going to be recommending it thoroughly, um, so that everybody can can pick it up and in, indulge themselves in it, and hopefully sit down on a on an evening with a glass of wine and, and get right into that. Yes, it exactly. Awesome. Exactly, that's exactly the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Esther Segarra, a one-woman shooting machine that, as I say, probably has had an effect on your metal tastes more so than you may even realise. So thanks to Esther, but before we go, just a kind word um, from the sponsors of this episode. I've got to tell you about the Roll Festival that's happening on the 28th and 29th of July. That's at the Irish Military War Museum um, in County Louth. That's got, well, who's on the lineup? Let's see. First off, Slough Fig. I don't need to say anything more. Slough Fig. Um, you've got Coroner, you've got Waylander, Celticor, Dark Astera, and many, many more. That's the Rally of Lou Long Arm Festival, Roll Festival. And you can still get tickets for that at ticketstop.ie. So make sure and get there, get to that. Thanks for listening. And please do share this podcast on your timelines. Really important until we get to episode 48. And you've got more great stuff coming up. So that is over and out from me, Earl Grey, at the Metal Insight Podcast, produced and recorded by MetalIreland.com.